So then, the relationship of self to other is the complete realization that loving yourself is impossible without loving everything defined as other than yourself. Alan Watts Welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. Today we're going to be talking about how to love yourself. How do you go about doing that? This is a question that has been asked of me by my clients and readers over the years. We've all heard that adage that you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. Some balk at that, but others believe it to be absolutely true. I'll leave the decision up to you. Here's what seems true to me. I once had a question about self-love put to me this way. How do I fall in love with myself? I love this idea of falling in love with yourself. At first, it can sound egotistical and self-centered, but I don't hear it that way. I hear ecstasy and connection, devotion and loyalty. In the same way that we fall in love with other people is the same way that we fall in love with ourselves. You get to know the other person. In the same way, you'll get to know you, the real you. Much like relationships, you may begin by getting to know the really exciting and enticing, fun part of yourself, all the things you like about yourself, the surface, and that's fine. It's a good place to start. Some ways that you can do that are to acknowledge yourself as a unique being. Remember that you come from creation, great spirit, the universe, God, whatever you choose to call it. And because of that, you carry a spark of that majesty within you. And I talk a lot about this in episode two of the podcast, so if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend you go and listen. Another way is to be aware of the vibrancy in doing the things that you love to do. For example, if you love to travel, be aware of how much you love the process of traveling, or building something with your bare hands, or making love to yourself. Turn off the phone and spend a whole day reading a novel if that's what you like to do, but be aware of how vibrant it makes you feel to do those things. You may also wish to share your life with other people, but it's important that you only share with the people that you wish to. In other words, don't feel as though your wonderful, vibrant self has to be shared with everyone. Not everyone may be ready to share who you are. Remove the dead weight from your life. For example, that would be the toxic people, the energy drainers, or people who don't champion your existence as they do their own but also releasing those toxic actions you perform, the negative thinking, the soul-crushing job that you have, if you can get out of it. Do that. And always be kind to yourself. This may seem easier said than done, but I'll address that in a minute. Just as it is in relationships, after a while, we begin to see the deeper facets of our partner. Or rather, they begin to trust us enough to let those parts emerge. And they're not always pretty. Also, like relationships, the deeper you will begin to emerge after a while. You'll mess up, you'll have doubts, you'll feel worthless and despairing. Good, that's real. 
When you trip up on the path, when you're not being kind to yourself, acknowledge and forgive it, just like you would, ideally, in a misunderstanding with your partner. Remind yourself that you are on the path. The best any of us can do is try. When we don't have self-love, we often find ourselves drained of energy. So where can you find the psychic energy you need to be the person you want to be? Finding energy for what you want comes from generating that energy within. The list I just gave you is a great start toward creating and sustaining that energy. Another way is to begin a solitude practice. We talked about solitude in episodes 5 and 6 of the podcast, specifically about creating a solitude practice in episode 6. In my book, Celebrating Solitude, How to Discover and Honor Your Highest Self, I write about why taking regular time to nurture ourselves is the psycho-spiritual equivalent to recharging our batteries. Once you have energy to take care of your own needs and fight for what you want, you'll find a surprising benefit. You will have enough energy to give to others, and that is immensely beneficial to everyone and everything around you. So even though you've experienced a rough road along your path, your individual power never left you. You just forgot it was there, waiting for you to call upon it again. Once you begin to reconnect with and truly love your deepest self, the one that is here for the purpose of living to its highest potential, the power will rush back to your being, ready for you to use it to improve your life and, by example, the lives of those around you. So to recap, loving yourself is very similar to loving others. That's the whole point, right? We're all connected, yet we each are one beautifully unique facet of the cosmic continuum. The more we give love to ourselves, the more we generate the creative energy from which we came, and the more we return that energy to those beings around us who are our siblings. When we hold ourselves back, when we degrade ourselves or deem ourselves unworthy of love, we become more like a wound in that great energetic life form of which we are a part. Of course, only we can heal that wound. And the most powerful medicine for all wounds is, of course, love. What are your thoughts about self-love? Drop me a line at rachel at selftalkpodcast.com. Until next time, Many blessings on your path. I'm Rachel Astarte. Thank you for joining me on Self Talk. Aho. Uh -huh.